Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. In an instant, Peter went from under the presence of God. He had the mind of God. You are the Christ. Two, you will never go to the cross. Whose influence did he come under? Instantly, Satan's influence. Now, he wasn't a demon. He didn't lose his salvation. But his mind began to think like a man without the influence of God. That's the tug of war. Having instances where you know that you're thinking and acting like God wants you to think and act is both humbling and brings you joy. Being able to know that what you're doing pleases God is like a breath of heaven, right? Then there's the rest of your life. Not so much like heaven's breath, right? (laughs) Pastor Mark will be teaching about this conflict that's a part of every Christ follower's life. You'll learn the cause of this conflict as well as who the major players are. You'll find out that when you become a disciple of Jesus, that you've entered a battle that's been going on for a long time. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Acts chapter 4 as he continues his message, Under His Influence, The Battle. Now, here's the surprise in our life. I've already given you a little link in a minute with Krispy Kreme. The minute I become a Christian, it happens in an instant, by the way. It's supernatural. My sins are removed. I get God living in me. The minute that happens, here's the problem. The Holy Spirit moves in. Now, wouldn't you think that the minute the Holy Spirit moved in, The sin nature that was in me before would move out. How many think that would be good if if when God moved in, that temptation to always give in to what's wrong would move out? How many think that would be a great thing? Hallelujah. I have bad news for you today. (laughs) It didn't happen. Well, Pastor Murray, what kind of a God is God? He changes me and then he leaves the old me in there? Yes. Why? Here's why. If the minute you got saved, God removed your sin nature from you, it wouldn't be long before we wouldn't be coming under the influence of God. We'd try to rule our own life again. I don't need God. I'm doing a pretty good job. Say, Pastor Mark, I don't believe that. Oh, no, no, look at your own life, and I have to look at my life. This is how all Christians live to some degree. You see, during this next week, you'll have an opportunity every single day to live under the influence of God, which will change you, where the Holy Spirit will say, do this and don't do this. And we either obey or not obey. 
But very often during a week, maybe a day or two, you and I will not be in the Word. We don't think about heaven. We don't think about spiritual things. And we just do life by my own wisdom. But if during this week, you get a lab report, the school where your child is going to, the principal calls you. Your husband comes to you and says, I don't want to be married anymore. You go to work and they said, the layoff starts today. You're one. The bank calls and says, we can't refinance the home. What happens? Are you going to do life as normal as a Christian? No, I'm right back under what? The influence. Oh, God, help. Does that sound familiar to anybody here? You see, if things are going good, I really don't have much to do with God very often. It's when I get in trouble. Help! And by the way, is God there for us? That's called grace. So God didn't remove that sin nature to remind us of one thing. We can't do life alone. I need him every day in my life. He knew us. Oh, does he know us. Now, when the Holy Spirit came in, he came in to empower us to dwell in our hearts. But I have that old nature here. What does that conflict look like between the Spirit and my flesh? Now, we're going to be in two books mostly today, Romans and Galatians. So let's turn to Romans chapter 7. You're only two books away from it. Just turn toward the back of the Bible. Romans, go to chapter 7. Now, the great apostle Paul wrote Romans, and he also wrote Galatians. And Paul says some things about this conflict in our bodies, in our spirits, that you'll relate to very easily. Notice what he says in verse 15. This is not Joe Blow on the street. This is the apostle Paul who wrote most of the books of the Bible in the New Testament. Notice what he says. Paul says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Does that resonate with anybody out there? See, Paul says, it's like I have a Dr. Hyde and Jekyll inside me. The things I don't want to do, I find myself sometimes doing them. And the things I know I shouldn't do, what? There I am. And so Paul begins to talk to us. And what he's talking about, he's going to give a situation. Can I be delivered from that conflict? Can I ever win this conflict? Well, I'll give you a little hint, yes, and we're going to talk about that today, because that sounds very familiar to us. But it reminds us of something that is a little bit of doctrine, the study of God and doctrine theology. You don't have to write the words down, but you need to understand it. The moment you came to Christ, salvation happened instantly. We call that justification. What happened when you came to Christ? What happened when you became a follower of Christ? You were saved from the penalty of sin. What was the penalty of sin? Spiritual death. Separation from God forever. So Jesus says, I'm going to come into your life. I'll forgive you of your sins. Instantly now, you can go to heaven. Because the penalty of sin, death, spiritual death, separation from God, is wiped out. 
It happens in an instant. So that's my past. If you were saved two weeks ago, that's your past. Salvation happened to you. But salvation is not just an event. It's a lifelong process. Now the next one, it's called sanctification. That word means set apart, be holy, become like God, come under the influence of God. Notice what it says. We are being saved from the power of sin. So that means when God came into me, the penalty of sin is taken care of. But I have this conflict in me, by the way, for how long? Until you go to heaven. Until you die, within you is my old sin nature and the Holy Spirit in conflict with one another. Notice, we are saved from the power of sin. When Jesus died on the cross, he broke the power of Satan. I can defeat this old sin nature in me. I can say no to sin. Not in my power, but in the Holy Spirit's power. Never perfect. That's why we have 1 John 1, 9. I have to ask forgiveness for my sins. But as I grow and become more like God, as I stay under his influence, I don't have to ask forgiveness as much because I'm becoming more like God. But I'll never be perfect. Paul at his death said, I never arrived. I'm still struggling with that. But I have the power in me to say no, no to sin. Here's the third stage of salvation. It's called glorification. Glory should give you a little idea. We will be saved from the presence of sin. When I breathe my last breath as a Christian, absent from the body, immediately I go to heaven. In heaven, because God's holy, there is zero sin. So that means the instant I die and I go to heaven... I can have all the Krispy Kremes I want. (laughs) There's no being overweight in heaven. Perfect. Why? Because there's no more temptation. There is no more sin. How many think that'll be okay? Ooh, that will be okay. But we're not in heaven. I'm still here on this earth. So the second one, the present lasts from the moment you become a believer until you die. Now look at that second one for a second. If you're not a believer, you have no power over Satan because you don't have God in you. And you're a pawn of Satan and his bondage. You say, well, I don't believe that. That's because you're deceived. See, Satan's a great Liar. You know, many of the people in North Korea don't realize they're in a bondage. They think the whole world lives like they live because they're deceived by their leader. Don't be deceived today. All right, now, turn that next book I told you. Put your little marker. We'll be back to Romans. Turn to Galatians. It's only three more books away from where you are. Those are the two books we're going to be in. Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. Paul wrote this, and he gives us a snapshot of what this conflict inside every Christian looks like. Galatians 5, verse 17. For the sinful nature, remember, this is in me, desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict, war, with each other, so that you do not do what you want. 
So inside every Christ follower, there are these two opposite natures that are at war. Our old sinful nature that was there before we became a believer, our flesh, is in conflict with our new spiritual nature that the Holy Spirit brings back to us. Inside every Christian, Christ follower, is a tug of war. On the one hand, Satan wants us to come under his influence. Satan is not equal to God, under his influence. So myself, my self-desires, which are given to me by Satan and ruled, on one end in my body is a tug of war. Satan says, do this. Here's a movie you've always wanted. Yeah, it has five F words, 27 people murdered, lots of adultery, but it's a very good art form. You've heard that the color and the acting's terrific. Get it. Or here's a young lady or a young guy that you're dating, and I know they're not a believer, but if you sleep with them a couple times, then you'll know whether it's really right for marriage. You say, well, who's, who's, who's telling me to do that? Well, Satan. Or here's a business deal that's coming up, and uh, you can just change this figure a little bit right there, and will you give it to that guy, and he'll never know it, and you're going to make big bucks, and you can put it as ties in the offering. We know what he's talking about, don't we? On the other side of me, in this tug of war, is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He wants us to come or actually remain under his influence. So this tug of war goes on forever. The Spirit wants us to stay under his influence. Satan wants us to come back. When we became a Christian, we moved out from him. He wants us back. Well, how do we win this tug of war? Is there anything we can do to move it toward God? Is it a winnable war? Or do we just simply be defeated our whole life? Boom, 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 boom. Nothing moving forward. It is winnable. I'm going to give you the four ways to do it. Copy them down. Number one, don't underestimate Satan's influence in our lives. You see, there is a real Satan who is out to steal and kill and destroy. There are real demons and evil spirits. That means that life is not a playground. It's actually a battlefield. What is the battle for? It's for the soul, which lasts forever, our spirit, of every man, woman, boy, and girl. As we dedicated all these children on our campuses this weekend, what was the challenge? See, God wants to put children in a home where there's godly parents so that they will be influenced. They still have a free will, but they'll be influenced to choose God. Because see, when you and I brought children into the world, we brought a person's soul that will live somewhere with God or apart from God forever. It's not about how much education they get, what great job, house they build, all the toys they have, all those things are cool, that's whatever. It's about where they spend eternity. And so this battle isn't this little deeny battle. This is a battle 
for the souls of men and women. One day, Peter, the apostle, would write a statement. We find it, 1 Peter 5.8. Notice what Peter says. Written to Christians. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone. Notice the word. To devour. So I don't want to underestimate Satan. Why did Peter write that verse? Let me tell you why. One day, Peter and the disciples were in an area called Caesarea Philippi. And Jesus kind of said this, you know, the communities around us and all of Israel are talking about me. And he made the statement to the disciples, who do these people think I am? And there was some answers. And then Peter stood forward and Peter said this, Jesus, you are the son of the living God. In other words, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. You're, you're God's son. And Jesus went, way to go, Peter. Terrific. You finally got it right. But then Jesus made a great statement. He said, Peter, your answer didn't come from your own wisdom. The Spirit revealed it to you. So what he was saying is, Peter, you were under the Spirit. The answer that the Spirit gave you, that I am the Christ, is exactly right. Of course the Spirit would say that Jesus is that. So we go, wow, that's terrific. Let me fast forward just a sentence or two in the conversation, still in the same exact place. Jesus began to say to them, you can find this in your Bibles in the book of Matthew 16. Jesus began to say to the disciples, I'm going to the cross. I'll be killed, then resurrected, and I'm going to pay for the sins. And immediately, Peter takes Jesus and he goes like this. Come over here, come over here. And he gets Jesus to the side and he says to Jesus away from this, what is wrong with you? You're not going to the cross. No way you're going to the cross. Then Jesus says this. I'll read it to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Peter, listen to this, Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. Peter, you do not have in mind, I'll come back to this in a moment. You do not have in mind the things of God. But the things of men. In an instant, Peter went from under the presence of God. He had the mind of God. You are the Christ. Two, you will never go to the cross. Whose influence did he come under? Instantly, Satan's influence. Now, he wasn't a demon. He didn't lose his salvation. But his mind began to think like a man. Without the influence of God. That's the tug of war. Now, if Peter can do it, you and I can that easily move out of the influence of God. So Peter would write, be alert. The enemy comes around like a roaring lion. He would write it to protect us. Understand, Satan again has a goal. Don't underestimate him. He's very powerful. Number two, don't overestimate Satan's influence in our lives. You see, sometimes Christians, when they understand the realization, Christ followers understand the realization of Satan, they become obsessed with spiritual warfare. 
And I've known people like that, and it's a shame because everywhere they're at, they actually like wear green fatigues. I'm in a war. We're in a battle. Every one of their t-shirts, nothing says love, joy, and peace, God. It says war, sword of the spirit, get them, kill Satan. And you go out to eat with them, and they go, did you notice that person over there? There's a demon right there. There's a demon right over there. And pretty soon, they become obsessed with the enemy. And they're always worried about the. We have people like that in prophecy, kind of a side issue. Where's the Antichrist? Is he here yet? I think it's Obama. It's got to be Obama. He's the Antichrist. (laughs) And we have websites about all this garbage. By the way, Obama is not the Antichrist. Get off of it. Notice what the scripture says. The scripture doesn't say to focus on, let's be looking for the Antichrist. What's the scripture say? Keep your eyes on Jesus. So don't get weird with us here. But see the balance? Well, there's no real Satan. I mean, I'm a Christian. You got no influence over me. You're gone. To the other, I'm depressed, discouraged, can never get the victory. Because Satan is alive. Yeah, but he's not alive in you. How do I know that? How do I know that I can be victorious? Sometimes we get depressed and discouraged and we get hopeless. Where did that come from? God? No, that came from Satan. Are you depressed? Discouraged? Hopeless? That's a trick of the enemy. One day Jesus would say this to the Apostle John. You know it. You, dear children, are from God, and you've overcome them because the one who is in you is what? Is greater than the one that's in the world. Let me dissect that for you. If you're a Christian, who's in you? God's in you. Is God greater than the one that rules the world, Satan? Say, Yes. I'm going to give you a little math. See how you do with math. You ready? Is two-thirds greater than one-third? Good. You say, well, what was that about? If one-third of the angels left and went with Satan, how many were left with God? Plus, God is always greater by himself because Satan is a created being. Don't look at these two kingdoms like they're equal in power. Never. Satan's nothing but a created being. God is all-powerful. Today, Pastor Mark taught about the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the Christ follower. You learned that trying to do works that look like they're holy or godly isn't good enough. You need to learn to let God work through you. Pastor Mark talked about how to make that through work become evident in your life and the great things that can result when you do so. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. 
For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will be wrapping up his teaching under his influence, the battle. You'll hear more about this spiritual war that you're fighting and the weapons that God's made available to you for you to use. You'll learn about the armaments that Satan and his followers, the demons, as well as the world system, are using against you and how to defeat them. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series called Under His Influence. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.